and welcome back to the She Worth podcast. On this week's episode, coming out of the pandemic stronger, happier, and healthier, co-founder Lara Smith talks to Lisa Webb, the founder of Wine Women and Wellbeing, about the opportunity women have to transform after the global COVID-19 pandemic. So some statistics for you. Women have been more negatively impacted during the pandemic than men on all levels economically, emotionally, socially, and financially. Lisa speaks to this and about building her community around wine, women, and well-being, and also her personal journey of moving every couple of years to remote parts of the world where she didn't have a job, didn't speak the language, and didn't know anyone. She parallels struggling to meet people in these remote places in the world to coming out of the COVID-19 pandemic and out of the lockdowns and the difficulties we're all gonna face. There are so many great takeaways in this episode, and I know you're going to love it. Lisa's energy is amazing. So without further ado, here it is. Hello, and welcome to the SheWorth podcast. Today's topic is really going to resonate with women. It is talking about women emerging from the pandemic, better, stronger, happier, and healthy. And we have a very special guest today. It's Lisa Webb, who is the founder of Wine, Women, and Wellbeing. This is a platform that started as local monthly events and has catapulted into such a loved and needed platform for women, uh, exploding to 19 chapters and creating content in new and innovative ways because more than ever, especially through the pandemic, women are craving connection and community. So Lisa, thank you and welcome. We would love to hear your story. Hello, thank you for having me. Um, like, where do you, you want it all? <laughs> we want it all. Give it to us, raw and real. Okay, here, here's my story in a nutshell. I grew up in Thunder Bay, Ontario. I moved here after university to Calgary. My husband grew up in New Brunswick. He moved to Calgary. We met, quickly got married. And I had just finished my master's degree. I was an assistant principal at school here in Calgary. And my brand new husband said, um, I have a promotion and it's in France. And I thought, okay, well, that was not part of the plan, but who doesn't want to move to Paris? So I was like, okay, I had some reservations because my roots were pretty deep here. My brothers had moved out here. I had cousins that had moved out here. I had a really good community and network but the offer was too good to pass up. So we moved to Paris and we lived in Paris for a year and that was really exciting. But then there was that piece that I was illiterate and I couldn't speak French. So that got really lonely and isolating and I kind of started to find my way. And then we moved again to the South of France. And that was even harder because really nobody spoke English there. Like in Paris, they're so used to tourists, but this place we were moving in the South of France was again, isolating. And I had to rebuild my community and it was harder to do because of the language barrier. Right. So we spent four years, four or five years in the South of France. I had two kids. They were both born there. And then we took those two little babies and we moved to rural Indonesia And then we took those two little babies after that who weren't so little anymore. And we moved to the Congo and we spent two years in the Congo. 
before we decided, okay, it's been a decade. Like I feel like I kind of missed home. We just thought this is crazy. What, what are we doing living in the Congolese jungle? Uh, like, let's take a pit stop back home for a while. So we came to Calgary and I just had this feeling where we were on a compound in Indonesia and we were on a compound in Congo and there was no postal system in these places. So like no online shopping, you can't get Amazon and you couldn't like, we couldn't drink the water. I know a lot of people like we take it for granted here that if you like people don't necessarily drink out of the tap, but you totally can. Um, we c- literally could not drink the water out of the tap for three years. And I remember my kids, I was like, Oh my God, what have we done? When they came back, they were like, what do you mean? We can drink the water. I was like, yeah, get a glass of water out of the tap. And we were like putting our mouth, like my daughter <laughs> put her mouth under the faucet because it was just such a crazy thing because for them, that was like the majority of their life. Right. Couldn't do that. And so there was just things that we no longer took for granted. And I just thought I can do anything. I felt (laughs) like I had this superpower because I hadn't lived anywhere that spoke English for nine, 10 years. Mm. And so I thought I want to send an email to someone and I can just send it and I can just pick up the phone and someone's going to speak English to me and I can have my actual personality come through because like by that, that time I could speak French, but I was like a completely different person in French because I was functional. Mm -hmm. Like my humor, my personality didn't come through because I was just trying to get my message across. And so all of a sudden I came back to Canada and there was a few different aspects to this one. I felt like I could do whatever I needed to do because I was able to. And two was that I realized that even though I was kind of from Calgary. Was, I was back home in Canada. I still had friends here, but a long time had gone by and I changed a lot and I'd grown up and I'd become a parent and I still wanted to meet new people. And how do you do that as an adult? And so I thought back to my travels and all the times that we had moved. And in a lot of those places, there was women's communities that were established. Mm-hmm. So when you walked into a city, you could Google like, you're Googling your kid's school, you're Googling the grocery stores, you're Googling everything and like how to meet people in the name of the city. Like that's mm-hmm. something that people do when they move. And so I thought, I wonder if I could make a community like that here. And so I thought, you know what? I'm just going to give it a shot because I can. And it was, <laughs> I love that. Again, that feeling of why not? Mm-hmm. And I was so used to, moving and rebuilding and restarting that I didn't really overthink it one. Mm -hmm. And I do think that there was part of, it was habitual for me to have to rebuild myself and try new things at every stop along the way, like every city, town, country we lived in. I was like, Oh, well maybe I'll try this here. It was an opportunity for regrowth, rebirth kind of. Mm -hmm. And so we got to Calgary and it was not long after we were here. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll try this. And I tried it with the intention of having one event and seeing if anyone would come. And then that one event, the energy that was in the room, I was like, this is a thing. This is going to be a thing. And, you know, I thought, I know like there's enough people that I could grab in this city that once a month we can have a different woman come in and feature her and, and like shout her from the rooftops about what she's doing and celebrate her and then bring benefit to all the people that are listening to what she's doing and 
encouraged by what she's doing. And we are now 19 branches across Canada. Congratulations. It is something else what you've done. We're just so proud that you're a Calgarian and all the great work that you're doing. I think it's worth noting, even before COVID, the space for women's empowering events and networking events just has been exploding, compounding growth every year and popping up everywhere. And right before the shutdown, SheWorth did our first live event in uh, Annapolis, Maryland. And I know what you're saying. We got a taste of it, the electricity when women come together and you call it a sisterhood, which is so powerful, but the energy, the synergy, the, the love and all of the nurturing, wonderful characteristics that make us great just came alive in that room. So why do you think that women, even before COVID and and it's going to be even more essential after women crave this community so much? This just came to me as you were speaking, because I actually, <laughs> I, I got goosebumps when you were talking because there is a real energy in the room. Like it, it is something that cannot be replicated. And I don't know how to put my finger on it. Besides when you were speaking, I was thinking it's the opposite of the mean girl effect in high school. Like, you know, that feeling that. Like school that we've all had where like, I don't belong. I don't fit in. I don't know where my place is. That awful feeling that at some point in our life, usually in adolescence, we've all had that and felt that. And so we get to a point where we grow into ourselves enough that we think like, you know what? I am worthy. I should be here and put a whole bunch of women that feel like that in a room together. And it's magic. Because we just accept each other in a different way. And I think like a lot of women who have been through hard times, whether that be their health or the challenges of motherhood or the challenges of um, difficulties in marriage, like we can bond in a different way and empathize in a different way because we have the lived experiences, I think. Mm -hmm. So you can just appreciate other women in a different way than you didn't have the capacity to do when you were 16. And we just take those feelings that we once had. And when it's the opposite of that, it just feels so good. And it's just refreshing and it fills your cup. And it's just, I don't know. It's just not the same when you have a room full of like couples or like, I don't know why it's different, but it most definitely is. I love how you describe on the site, um, building women up. And I'm sure you've had many experiences and in particular adolescents and a large part of the SheWorth community and a large segment of the population that's really struggling with mental health is kind of that 15 to 25 where girls can be mean. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've seen experiences in our career or in university where women don't build each other up and there's a sense of either it's jealousy or the mean girl thing. But we've always said, I know you would agree, that if women came together, we really could rule the world. If we put all that nonsense behind us, we absolutely could rule the world. And it's it's platforms like you, you, yours and the work you're doing in the community that's going to help foster that faster. Thank you. I, I agree. I just think we are so much stronger together. Right. So why why wouldn't we link arms and go forward together because we'll just, we'll get, you can't, we can't do it on our own. Right. And, and why not support other women who are doing incredible things? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
you're so in touch with your audience and all of the chapters that you've built. So your partners, your community, what are women saying that they're, they're needing or craving on the other side of the pandemic? What do you think women need right now? Other women, they need connection. They Mm -hmm. need community. And I, I love how you recognize that I'm in touch with that. Um, and, and the reason I am in touch with that is because I've been there. And oftentimes people use their own experiences to help others. And I think without knowing it, without knowing that that's why I was doing it, um, I, I never thought it would grow into what it has. But I can recognize when someone is new to a city and we've had people here in Calgary tell me, oh, I found you because I Googled like, meet new people in Calgary and you came up. Uh, I say to people like when I'm, when I'm talking into my phone on Instagram, I like when we were having events, I would say, don't be afraid to come by yourself. It is the Mm. hardest thing you might ever do, but ask me how I know, because I've been the person to walk into a room by themselves and introduce themselves to strangers. That's not easy to do. And I feel like if I, I mean, I could be wrong, but I think coming out of this pandemic, having been locked up in your house for a year and a half and everyone's circumstances are different. Like I read somewhere, we're all in the same storm, but we're not in the same boat. Oh, that's great. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. My home situation is going to look very different during pandemic than someone else's home situation. Mm-hmm. My relationships, my house, what I have access to finances, friendships, family, those are all different. We're all on this journey going through the same experience, but we're living through it differently. So we can relate in that way, but having all of your normal taken away from you, that's kind of like living on a compound, right? Like in the middle of a jungle. Yeah. In the middle of the Congolese jungle. Um, like I went through this already where I didn't have access to any of the things that made me comfortable. All of my creature comforts were taken away. Well, what happened in the last year and a half, all of our creature comforts were taken away. Like our, our jobs, like people have lost their jobs. I left my career. People like, I mean, the language isn't the same, but like people's livelihoods are, everything has changed. Our ability to go out and socialize and do those things that filled our buckets, whether it's go to a salon or go to a gym, like those were all kind of removed from us for quite a long time. And so that, I feel like there are some parallels there to mm-hmm. life on a common, like there's nothing to do, nowhere to go. You're just in it with your family trying to get by. And so- I feel like people are going to come out of this and had that feeling that I had when I came back to Calgary, like this is a new chapter. It's almost like pandemic when it's over, we'll turn the page. This is a new chapter. What do I want to do now? Like you have that opportunity to recreate yourself, to let go of the things that were no longer serving you. Like we've had this time for reflection and you think like, now that I can do these things, like who do I want to spend my time with? Do I want to spend my time with people who bring me down? Or do I want to find a new group of people and surround myself with women who uplift me and believe in my dreams and are willing to support me and cheer me on, even though I'm different than them? Or like, I think that we're just going to be a little bit more willing to reach a little higher or try a little harder for the things that matter to us and Mm. maybe not take it for granted in a way that we would have in the past. I love that. I love that. 
pre-pandemic and post-pandemic life, right? It's so relatable what you're saying because it's the lived experience that's going to resonate with women. There's a million self-help books out there. There's a lot of academia and like philosophical type theories, but women can connect with your message, which is the lived experience of this opportunity for transformation. And another thing that you mentioned was it may not sound like a big thing to you or I, but someone showing up at an event to themselves by themselves could just cripple. And we would call that at she worth a brave moment. And this is one of our pillars, which is these opportunities, these moments, not unlike an aha moment or a light bulb moment where you can harness a moment to make positive transformation or change. That's like showing up at an event, a brave moment. You've had so many of them, but this is what resonates with women. It's this opportunity to do something scary or to stand up for yourself to leave a job that you hated, to not go back to a job that wasn't serving you after the pandemic and decide to open the pie making shop that you always wanted to do. I mean, this is our time. If the last year didn't teach us that, God help us all. So do you have some brave moments that you can share with our listeners? Oh, I have a million. <laughs> it's a book. <laughs> Happy you asked. Um, <laughs> off the top of my head. Um, so you you mentioned going to a new or going to an event and not knowing anyone. I've done that. And I am I'm an extrovert. Like I like to be around people. And even as an extrovert, that's hard. The first time I ever did that was so hard for me. But guess what happens when we do hard things? It's easier the next time. Muscle memory, and right? So I've done that awkward walk into a room where you don't know anyone and introduce yourself so many times that I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I don't get excited for that. Don't get me wrong. No one likes to be the, the, the new person, but I, I do, I'm at a space now where I can encourage women to do that. And so kind of like the first brave moment of having that first event with women and well-being, that was a brave moment. And that brave moment changed my life because I think wow. it would have been way easier to not do it it would have been way easier to just be like, oh, well, I'll just stick with the friends that I had from before. Like sometimes those really hard things, it is way easier not to do them. And when you get in your own head and you start overthinking things, Mm -hmm. chances are like you can really very easily talk yourself out of something. And so I try not to sit in that um, like toxic spinning of your own thoughts. Um, like if, if something is scary, you know, you're, it's so easy to convince yourself not to do it, but if you actually take the step, do the brave, scary thing, you become a better person. I would say almost all the time, because even if it doesn't go well, you're going to learn something from it. So I did the brave thing. Now my woman and well-being is this thing that's just known, which is like, I still can't actually, that doesn't resonate with me yet. I feel like I'll probably like look at it. And then, so my latest brave moment is, um, I don't know if you saw this, we just announced it. Um, I'm moving back to France, which is crazy ironic because I'm moving exactly to the place that had me needing community connection and belonging. Mm -hmm. And so we came back to Calgary and, I started teaching again because that's just what I did, but I hadn't taught in 10 years. And the more I was in that, the longer I, so I taught for two and a half years and I just stopped teaching. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I found that I had just changed so much and there was, it just wasn't for me anymore, but I had to make a big, scary choice. And it was either we're going to be all in on this teaching thing for the next decade or two, however long I would have left to teach, knowing that it wasn't filling me up in the way that it used to. And my husband said, well, you know what? There's an opportunity if you want that we could go back overseas. And I was like, oh, but I've like I've built wine, women and well-being into more than I could have ever imagined. And at first I was like, I'm not, I can't walk away from that. But so teaching was the stable job that was paying the mortgage. Wine, women, well-being was the community that was filling me up. And then I just got to a point where I said, okay, let's do it. Let's go. And I'm not thinking of it as walking away. I'm going international. I'm going to grow this community because I know that those women also need community because I've been that woman. So my big, scary, freaking huge thing was that this week I announced that I'm opening a branch. Branch number 20 is happening in the South of France. Wow. And so I also was like, got on Instagram and started speaking in French, which is like, horrific like by like Alberta standards I am like a rock star French speaker like <laughs> stars all around with my French in Alberta but in France they're like mm, madame s'il vous plaît. like please your your French is terrible um, so like I got on Instagram and started speaking in French and said I'm going to open this back and no one so I'm starting exactly where I started in Calgary. No one knows what it is. Like when we had all these branches in Canada and we open in Grand Prairie, someone goes online and they're like, oh, they're in Edmonton, they're in Calgary, they're in Cochrane, they're all over. Oh, this is cool. Let's go check it out. When you start something like that, I have all these French women messaging me, what is this all about? And they're messaging me, I'm trying to reply to them in French. And I'm like, I'm doing a big, scary thing here. Are you ever? Um, but I do feel like I have these dreams that I can't ignore. Like, and now I have this community of women and how cool that I get to live in the Mecca of food and wine and like where the world looks to learn right. about food and wine. I'm like, I think I need to rent a chateau and have a retreat for women in the South Find of France. Canadian <laughs> can come and like come spend a week. Like I just have all these ideas. And I thought, don't overthink it, just do it. So I started the Instagram page. I'm like, we're going to get a branch in France and I'm going to recreate this where I live there. We're going international. And that scares the crap out of me. Um, but now I've done it. So now I'm in it and it's happening. So I just jumped two feet in no more teaching moving overseas. That's the thing. (laughs) That's huge. That's super exciting. And we will be there for your first (laughs) retreat. Um, oh my gosh, I love that. I love what you say. Don't overthink it because women, the negative rumination, the negativity bias that we can even, I think I'm going to go try a new spin studio and then talk ourselves out of why that's a bad idea. Just don't overthink it. Try it. You'll never regret it. You'll regret it if you don't try to to take on your dream. So I'm going to get serious for a second because there's some really important stats that have affected women the last kind of 16 months. Um, And there's just four or five because it's really going to remind us the importance of the opportunity 
to transform ourselves right now. So 47 million women and girls around the world have been pushed below the poverty mark that's incremental to what's already been there. The escalation of domestic violence against women is the silent pandemic within the pandemic. Women have carried more of the burden of domestic responsibility, three times more than men. Women are 1.8 times more likely to have lost their jobs. And 27% of women report increased mental health challenges, while only 10% of men. So we are coming out of this. And there's great hope and excitement that now we can go to a restaurant and get our hair done. But it's way bigger than that, right? We have to go deep inside and call on our bravest muscles and our strongest muscles to look for opportunity to transform ourselves. And you've written the playbook, right? Like you've done this over and over again. So every two years, just recreating yourself and creating this life's purpose. So what tidbits, like practical nuggets of wisdom would you give our listeners right now on how they need to think about this opportunity, look at it, and what should they, what should they do right now? I think the first place is to look within. And that sounds very like woo-woo sometimes, but really that whole you can't pour from an empty cup thing is so true. So we need to make sure we're okay. And okay looks very different for me than it does for you, than it does for someone else. Okay is a different thing for everyone. And so make sure that you're happy. Like, and I don't think that it is a number on a scale I don't think it's necessarily a number in the bank account. I mean, happy, like I'm okay. What makes me happy? Like time with my family makes me happy, but you know what? Too much time with my family. That's not a balance either. I need time with other people. And if I can't have that because there's a pandemic or because no one speaks my language and I live in the Congolese jungle, then you know what? You need to find what works for you. And like, try different things. Mm -hmm. I have joined like the most random things. Like I'm a certified yoga instructor just because I wanted to get out and meet people when we lived in Paris. And I was like, Oh my God, there's a studio and they are doing, I didn't even necessarily like yoga, but I heard that there was people who spoke English and they were doing a yoga certification and I paid the money and I got certified and I did six months of yoga teacher training and I'm a non-practicing yoga instructor Um, because I've taken pottery classes and we were lugging around the world, these like plates that I made that were lopsided. And I'm I'm terrible at pottery and I don't like that, but I tried it and nothing bad came from it. I met a couple people there and I was like, okay, well, I'm not, not going to be a yoga instructor for like that, which just wasn't for me. Although I do like it. Um, I'm no, I'm not going to be pottery. Like pottery is not going to be not going to open a pottery shop. And so I would just like randomly try different things to see what would bring me joy. Mm -hmm. Um, I like running no matter where I go. That clears my head. It's good for my mental health. It gets me outside. That's my thing. That makes me happy. It keeps my well-being and health in check. It makes my pants fit. Like it's just, there's so many positive benefits. And I come in, I never come in from a run in a bad mood. It just doesn't happen. If I'm in a bad mood and I go out for a run, I come back and it's like a reset button. And so I know that's something that needs to be in my life. It makes me happy. It has positive outcomes. So I keep doing that. I keep the things that are good. 
and maybe relationships that are maybe people are like, oh, why? Who does she think she is that she's gonna try something new? Who does she think she is that she's gonna have these events and no one's gonna go to them? Like those people, I try and spend less time with those people right. because I don't, I, I don't need that. If I wanted to like talk badly about myself, I could do that, but I don't want to <laughs> practice that. So I don't want yeah. other people putting that in my space. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, I had a good time. I'm on a tangent now. I'm no, like, it's, it's, keep it going. It's so good. You know, we do talk at SheWorth about your tribe, who you surround yourself with makes such a difference. And we've consciously gone through both my partner and I and looked at who in our life depletes us, who doesn't build us up. Why would we devote as busy working moms one half a second to giving energy to those people? So I just love how aligned you are with that and how it makes a difference. Yeah, I think you just need to do more of what makes you happy and less of what doesn't. And that's, that's where I was going with this. Every time I moved, I would be like pottery. No, pottery is not for me. I'm not going to sign up for pottery this time. And you know what? I actually, I'm, I've done yoga, but I prefer running. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to join a yoga studio this time. Um, I did that. And that was that chapter. And that was great for me then. And I'm still friends with those people, but that's not the first thing I do when I go to a new place. And so it's kind of funny because when I started wine, women and wellbeing, I was I was just doing more of what made me happy. And I thought, okay, what makes me happy? There's nothing that makes me happier than sitting down for a glass of wine with a girlfriend and just chatting and getting that feeling where your cup is full. And so I was like, oh, I like wine. I like getting together with women. But I also, I don't want to just like, I don't want it to be non I don't want to say like useless time because uh, there's your relationship building and you're connecting, but it's always nice to learn something. So if I could feel like, and I also thought like now that I was working again, I was teaching full time when I created wine woman and wellbeing, I was like, I actually don't have enough time to like meet with this person for a glass of wine and then go out for dinner with this girlfriend and go, I was like, let's just bring all the women Mm. together. Let's have a glass of wine because it's social lubricant. And can we learn something? I'm a lifelong learner. I'm an educator can we learn something while we're doing this? So if I can put in that well-being piece, that would be incredible. And we leave learning something and having a takeaway. And even if it's something, and I think that's part of what I learned along the way as well. Even if it's something I didn't know I wanted to learn, like pottery, we'll use that as an example. Like, Like you might go to an event and it might be, I don't know what random thing they're talking about. Maybe there's an entrepreneur who's sharing her story, but she's in a totally different field than you're in. And you're like, actually, I don't, I'm, I don't have any desire to learn about that. But when you do, once you go and you have, and you're like, oh, well, I had some takeaway. I, I didn't know I needed that. And I've heard that from so many women who've come to our events and they leave and they're like, thank you. Right. I didn't know I needed that until I got here and I was sitting through this event. And I remember our last event, um, we had a little window of time where we could have an event um, in like September of last year, when the world opened up for a little bit, there was like a lineup of women who wanted to like come and thank me after because they were saying like, I didn't know how much I needed this until I was here and I got it. And so sometimes like try the new things that maybe aren't for you and maybe they are. And if they like, it doesn't hurt any, right? Right. You'll never regret it. You'll always, if you have that kind of growth mindset, you will always take something away from it. Yeah. 
So Lisa, the world needs more of what you're doing and saying. So keep up the amazing work. We will come see you. I am already envisioning this amazing retreat in the, in the south of France. So the SheWorth partners will be there for you. Um, we'll post whatever you'd like us to on our site. We are just so in admiration of all that you do. So thank you for your words of wisdom today. Thank you so much for having me. I just clearly get passionate about sharing it. So I'm, I'm happy to be here and share it with your community. It means a lot to me. Thank you so much. Okay. How cool is Lisa? Her story and her community is just so amazing. So you can find more information about Wine Women Wellbeing at winewomenwellbeing.com or on their Instagram at winewomenwellbeing. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, drop us a review, download a few episodes. And we just want to take a minute to remind you that you are worthy and thank you for listening.